Morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever the time is where you are listening to me right now. This is Wale Michael Adenimro once again on another episode of Grace Wise, your weekly Bible teaching. And I'm glad you joined me today to listen. And it's my strong belief that as you listen, you will be blessed by this in Jesus' name. Today I'll be speaking on the topic. Revelation killers. Revelation killers. And this is important because uh, Revelation is the raw material for transformation. Okay? So we'll go into the Word of God and I want to um, ask you to stick with me, uh, pay attention, and this will really be of good impact to you when you get to grasp this. Okay? So I'll go into the book of Luke. Chapter 5 verse 17. This was when Jesus was in a particular house and was there preaching the word of God. In Luke chapter 5 verse 17, he says, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which came, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So this, you can see the atmosphere here. That when Jesus was there uh, preaching the word of God. That the people that filled the house that day were Pharisees, uh, doctors of the Lord. These were people that antagonized what Jesus usually preached in those days. These were people that saw Jesus as, a, as a, an enemy. They saw him as a person who came to uh, spoil and uh, break the status quo. And they saw him as a person who was just uh, coming to remove the ancient landmark, as we see uh, even in these times. Okay, so this was not a very nice atmosphere. This was an hostile atmosphere. But the Bible says that though they came there not to listen, so these kind of things make you understand that they were not going to listen and just trying to hear him and to learn. They were not there to come and hear wisdom from him to receive direction. They were there to catch him by his words, to see if they could catch him, say something that they could use against him. But even though they were there doing that, Bible says that the, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That shows that these people had needs in their bodies to be healed, to be healed of diseases, sicknesses, and any kind of pains that they were bogged with in, in that time of their life, at that time, that time of their life. So this was something, but the Bible makes us understand something as we continue reading that in verse 18 down what it says, and behold, men brought a man, I mean men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. So you see there, uh, 
this happening and verse 20 says and when he saw their faith he said unto him man thy sins are forgiven thee look at that so this is uh, people who had a friend that was laying in in his feet feet and he could not help himself and they said okay we are going to take you to this jesus as we've heard about his goodness his kindness and his power to heal people and they found no way but they went through the roof and for this man to allow his friends to take him down through the roof was great courage on his on his side was a show that he was ready to risk it all to get to this jesus and you can ask yourself how many of us today will allow our friends to lift us up three feet high four feet high five feet high though we have the ability to balance ourselves to walk with our legs we will not allow that because we are afraid they can drop us mistakenly or um even intentionally but this man who if he had fallen from off the bed from which they were laying him down he wouldn't have been able to catch himself and that could have resulted to injuries or death so this was faith on his side bible says that jesus seen this kind of thing that he will allow his friends to do so just to get to him he said this is faith and he says man your sins are forgiven can you see this so because of faith jesus christ declared that a person's sin were forgiven and stop and think about it this is untraditional this is unconventional this is not the usual way because what we are used to is that before your sins can be forgiven you need to ask for mercy this man didn't come to ask for mercy here. He came to get an, an, an healing for his body. But Jesus first said, because of this, your, your faith, then your sins are forgiven. But this man didn't go and say, I've sinned. These are my sins. Uh, Lord, have mercy on me. He didn't do that. But Jesus said, your faith has been seen. And because of that, your sins are forgiven. How come? He had heard about the goodness of Jesus Christ. He had heard about his kindness. And that's birthed faith in him. How do we know that? The Bible says in the book of uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 6, it says that faith works by love. So when this man had learned about the love of Jesus Christ, he birthed faith. And that is the key reason why you, you, you hear me teaching about the love of God, about the kindness of God, about the mercy of God. Because learning of the love of God yields faith, births faith, strengthens faith in the heart of people who listen. If you could receive the word of God's grace about his kindness, it births you, it bets faith in you. Let me give you an instance. Let's say you were broke, busted, and disgusted, and you had no money, you are you're unemployed, and you heard about a man that's, that lived far or lives far down your street, and people tell you this man is so wealthy, and whoever is looking for uh, a job within the community, any member of that community, he, he, you just get to his house, uh, get to the gate men, the security men. Put your name down and this man will find something to do about it. You could be so hungry at that point in time. You'll be so tired. But because you heard that this man had this kind art to make sure that whatever your situation was, it would get you a job. I'm telling you, that will make you stand up and go to his house. You've not seen this man before. You've not contacted him before. You don't know him in person. But hearing about his goodness that he has done for other people, his kind heart, will inspire in you hope that something good was going to happen on your own case the same way when we begin to hear about 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 god's love we begin to hear about its kindness it births faith i believe you're getting this so faith works by love hallelujah but jesus said he went forward and said this faith has resulted in you getting your sins forgiven how is that possible how does a person uh uh get to 
be forgiven without even asking for forgiveness. Jesus said to the disciples in the book of John chapter 15 verse 3, he says that you are clean by the words that I speak unto you. Says you are clean by the word. So the word of, of Jesus makes you clean. The word of God makes you clean when you hear it. And how, how does that yield to faith? The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when you hear about God's goodness, God's kindness, it, it cleanses you and it births faith in your heart. So it has a double-edged action. It has a double action. It cleanses your heart, your heart. And number two, it births in you faith. Are you getting that? It, this faith in this man cleansed his heart from his sins and this faith also, I mean, this word also made him to have faith. It cleansed him from his, his, his sin in his heart and it also brought him to have faith. That is the double uh, impact of hearing about God's love. Hallelujah. So when you hear uh, me preaching and you hear preachers of God's grace preaching God's love, God's kindness, people are like, why don't you tell people about their sins? Why don't you uh, tell them the truth about their situation? The truth is that they're going to hell with the way they're acting. They're going to hell and you need to tell them. You need to tell them to repent. And when people say you need to tell them to repent, they don't mean Bible word repentance. They mean their own English word repentance. Bible word repentance means change your mind. Metanoia. So it's a Greek word that means change your mind or change your thinking. But when they say repent, they are, they are talking about change your deeds. But God is a God that is concerned about the heart first because he knows that when your heart is changed, it will affect your, your actions. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So God wants a heart change and that heart change, when you begin to uh, focus on God's love for you, it will unknowingly to even you change your deeds most times when you focus on it. Hallelujah. It has the power to change your heart and your deeds. So this man was declared sinless and the Pharisees had issues with it. Just like people today have issues with you telling people that God loves them and in them believing in Jesus that their sins, no matter how piled up and wicked their sins have been, that it is all forgiven. Bible says in verse 21 downwards, it says, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So you see that. So these people, they prefer, uh, they prefer we talking about uh, sin. Sin, sin must be the issue. Sin must be the uh, the topic. Sin must be the discourse. Sin must be the focus. And that's not how God sees these things. Because God's word says in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter forty-three, verse twenty-five. Because people want you to talk about about sin. They want you to focus on sin. Is it that we should not talk about sin? We should not focus on sin. No. You see, sin consciousness is natural. Let me give you an instance. In the Bible, every time an angel appeared, the people will be in fear. And the angel of God, or when Jesus appeared, or God appeared in one form or the other, he or the angels had to say, fear not. Why? Because even people who don't know God, people who uh, don't have a relationship with God, and people who have a relationship with God, instinctively fear when it comes to God. But it takes revelation for you to see Jesus appear to you and you just say, thank you for your love for me. You see an angel from God and say, you are an angel from God and God is love. That means that you are an angel on an assignment of love. So I am appreciative. I thank God for bringing you my way, bringing you to my home, bringing you to my situation. So what do you want to serve me with? Nobody goes like that naturally because it's not the natural way of man. So the word of God ought to bring us 
to the level of supernatural thinking and, and doing and believing. Hallelujah. And that's what the love of God does to us. See what the Bible says in Isaiah 43 verse 25. It says, I, this is God uh, speaking. It says, I, even I, am either blotted out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. Look at that. Two parts. It says, I'm the one that blots out your transgression. Not because of your goodness. Not because you've done well now. For my own sake. Because of Jesus' sake, God has blotted out the transgressions of all humankind. And the only thing that is remaining for you and I to do is to receive that love. Receive his mercy by submitting and saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that you, you really did that for me. And in the second part, it says, I will not remember your sins. So if God says he will, he will not remember people's sins any longer, won't I be in error talking to people every time they come to hear the word of God, going to church, and I stand there and I'm telling them about their sins. When God says, I will not bring your sin to remembrance. When God says that, I will not remember your sins any longer. Are you getting this, people of God? And Pharisee, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, are, they had issues with it until today. That Pharisee spirit, that legalist spirit will always have issues with it because it's not natural. It's supernatural kind of flow that you're going in. Hallelujah. So what happened here? Bible says that, verse 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts, this is the Pharisees and Sadducees that were saying, who, who, who is this that has well, that is declaring forgiveness? It's not only God that can declare forgiveness. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts, whether it is easier to say your sins be forgiven you, or rise, or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power Upon the earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of palsy, of the palsy, I say unto you, look at this, arise and take up your couch and go into your house. Hallelujah. So this man got healed. So Jesus said, I'm going to prove to you now that this man is forgiven. I'm going to prove to you that I have the power to bring forgiveness. So the, the result of forgiveness is the manifestation of the power of God. Every believer that embraces the love of God, the forgiveness of God for him, has opened his or herself to the power of God. Everyone that is not yet having a relationship with Jesus, that opens up his or herself to receive forgiveness rather than condemnation, receive the love of God that says that today is your day of salvation. Oh, I got born again last year. Today is no longer my day of salvation. I have to face the cost now. No, every day is a day of salvation. Jesus is not your savior for the day you got born again. He's your Lord and savior. He's an everyday savior. In fact, when you say Jesus, when you say the word Jesus, it means salvation. It's the Hebrew word which is Yeshua. It always means salvation. So any day and any time you're calling that name Jesus, you're calling for salvation. You're calling for the savior. To every point in time of your life, God knows that you're going to have falls. The Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times and rises up seven times if you don't take that hand of, of god's grace to rise to raise it to your feet you will never rise and not just rising then you will never have the power of god manifesting in your life and this is why a lot of people are not having the expected testimonies that they're expecting because today they are happy about their the love of god for them and tomorrow they, they are made to forget by the, the, their, their natural thinking and even thoughts uh, that come from from sermons that they hear about sin and sin when god says i don't want to bring your sins to remembrance any longer hallelujah 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 so jesus proved that this man was forgiven by bringing him healing 
and look at the the part that i want to focus on as and round up on this and this is very key this is this packed me up this has been my uh this portion of scripture has been one of my favorite scriptures for more than seven years but the holy spirit sparked these things up to me recently his bible says that jesus after he, he healed this man he says rise up take up your bed take up your couch and go to your house can you imagine that how many people will be in a seminar will be in a conference an healing meeting or a healing meeting and by the power of God get a person healed and will say now go out of this place and go to you to your house go to where you're coming from no when you heal a person as a, as a minister of the gospel you tell them you you don't expect them to go you want them to sit down and to be to be seen as God's uh, evidence of God's goodness God's power you want them to be around and hear what you're going to say for the rest of the of the sermon but Jesus said, go out of this place. Go to your house. Why was that? Was it that what Jesus was saying for that day was not important? No, it was very important. He had no idle words to say. Even Jesus himself said that anyone that speaks idle words, our idle words have a judge. So there were no idle words. But Jesus said, go. Why was that? If that man sat in their midst at that point in time, he would have been sitting in the midst of disputers of the grace of God. The Pharisees, the doctors of the law, they were there to dispute. They will have been able to chat up this man and say, so you, you believe that you've been forgiven. Were you not born in Israel? Are you not one of Israel, Israel's sons and daughters that have learned the law from the age of five and know that the, the book of Moses says that you can't be forgiven this way. You have to offer this and offer that and do this and, and do that and let us see how far you've gone. Don't you know? They will have been able to dispute with this man and this man will have gotten back to his his conventional reason because he was born under the law jesus said go to your house it is better for you not to be in this service than for you to hear condemnation all the all the all the time it's better for you not to be around here because of the people that are going to convince you against the mercy that i i, I spoke over you because their issue was really the mercy issue and if they were able to reverse that thought in this man's mind that he was forgiven, the platform for his healing will have been removed. The, the standing point will have been removed and this man will have fallen back into the palsy issue that he had. And that will have reversed his, his testimony. Many believers today are going through exactly the same thing but nobody has been available to tell them the truth. That the day people, the day and the times when people start telling you condemning words about your sins, reminding you about your sins, they are removing the platform for your miracle. They are removing the, the platform on which your miracle stands. This is key, people of God. And I believe that as you hear, you've heard these things, it has inspired you to think and begin to look into what you hear. Because what you hear, if it's not the love of God, this is reminding you about sin every time. It is removing the platform for miracles. Hallelujah. So, lay hold on God's love for you. Not God's love for you for the day you get born again alone, but for every day. Because Jesus is your everyday salvation. And there is no, there's not supposed to be a reminder of sins. Yes, we're supposed to tell ourselves that we sin, but not to make it the core that we sin. Are we supposed to ask for mercy before God has mercy on us? God has, sh- has shed the blood of his son for us. Eternally, we have mercy with him. And we can go to God and say, Father, I know that I've sinned and I thank you. B- not because I'm asking for mercy now. I know that your mercy is available and I'm thanking you because you've made that mercy available. So I receive your love. I receive your mercy. I'm not going to go to God and say, God, I'm begging you, please have mercy on me. I, I-, I don't know if you're going to have mercy on me because this is the 17th time I'm doing this wrong. No, God has mercy always. He's your savior always. 
And when you go to him in mercy, when you've done wrong, say, Father, I receive your love for me. I'm sorry for this thing I've done. But you're not going in doubt and saying, I don't know whether God is going to forgive me this time around. That is removing the platform for the next miracle that God wants to do in your life. Hallelujah, people of God. I believe that this has been a blessing to you. And if you're listening to me and you, you've not ever uh, submitted yourself to a relationship with Jesus, I'd like you to, and you, you believe that Jesus has died for you, as I've said in this uh, teaching, I'd like you to say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love for me. For you came to the earth from heaven to take my place because I deserved, I deserved curses and death. And you took my place upon the cross. And you've died for me. And you, you are raised to life right now at the right hand of God in heaven. I receive your love for me. I receive forgiveness of all sins. And today, as your word says, I am a child of the living God. Now and always. For you said in your word that you will never leave me not forsake me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hallelujah. If you have said that prayer, congratulations to you. You are now a member of the family of God. And for all those who have been born again, I've heard these words. Let these words echo in your heart. Uh, this is the part one on the topic, Revelation Killers. And don't allow anything to kill the revelation of God's love for you, God's mercy for you, God's forgiveness that is continual every day for you. Don't, don't, uh, Join the counsel of the ungodly. What is the counsel of the ungodly? It's not always coming from ungodly people. Godly people can give you ungodly counsel, which is that God is angry with you. That God might not forgive your sin. That is an ungodly counsel. Because God's word said, like we read, Isaiah 43, verse 25. God says, I will no longer remember your sins. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank God for his grace and love and mercy. And this, this has been a blessing to you and uh, you just maybe you just got saved or you've listened to this and it's been a blessing to you or other episodes, something else that I've released on Facebook, on social media has been a blessing to you. I'd like you to get back to, to me on uh, the email address, thegracewisepodcast at gmail.com and I'd like to hear from you whether you just got go, go born again today or you just got blessed at any point in time. I'd like to hear back from you. You can get more con- uh, content from GraceWise from our Facebook page, which is The GraceWise. Uh, just go to facebook.com forward slash The GraceWise. Also on Instagram, the uh, Instagram handle is at The GraceWise. God bless you mightily for listening. Stay blessed now and always in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.